Welcome to the Movieverse of Madness. Hello, I'm Josh. And I'm Joey. Welcome to the Movieverse of Madness, where we're talking movies that you should have watched, and if you haven't, you should watch them immediately. And that's what we're calling it for now, the Movieverse of Madness. We actually talked for about an hour as to what we should call this podcast. Maybe it'll stick, maybe it won't, but uh, for now, it seems fine. Yeah, on our first episode, we covered two two movies that um, we were very much uh, in favor of yeah, suggesting. We should, probably, we should probably post that one. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah. So the first two movies we talked about were "I Care a Lot" and "Promising Young Woman." When we talked to people about "I Care a Lot" and "Promising Young Woman," a lot of them didn't. So some people didn't really know what they were, so they were like so, somewhat under the radar. This one is very much on the radar. Well, we we thought about doing a podcast where we could recommend hidden gems, or not really hidden gems, but not you know. It wouldn't be all the blockbusters. It would be things that uh, you could find on uh, on streaming services. And Josh, you say that this movie is on a lot of people's radar. I don't. I don't think the general public really knows what Zack Snyder's Justice League is. Well, I think so. Is it was it just more of a movie nerd thing? Was it a fandom thing to know about the Snyder Cut? I I think so. Actually, I think that well. I think a lot of people that have HBO Max, they probably logged into their account this weekend and they're like, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Uh, okay, I already saw Justice League. It was really bad. What is this? And well, they hey, found some, out people, was, some people might have liked it. They, Come on. <laughs> and they found out it was a four-hour version of the movie that they already watched. and Yeah, and basically the only way it's branded differently is it goes from Justice League to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, which uh, let's, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I thought beforehand let's do a little segment I like to call The Junk Pile. So The Junk Pile is a segment where we take a movie that has a very bad or at least rotten, uh, rotten tomato score and we talk about why we think everyone should watch it. All right, so the movie I want to highlight that um, is a high recommend for me is The Empty Man. It's a 2020 thriller. Uh, it's a mystery movie. Um, some people might be a little bit turned off by its runtime. It's over two hours. It's two hours and 17 minutes long. But this is a very intriguing movie. Um, I think people will also be turned off by its Rotten Tomato score. It has a 46% critic score and has a 39% audience score. Dude, I do not get it. It's crazy because... It gets out of the bag. I love this movie. Yeah, we watched it and we we both like... We watched it separately and we both really, really enjoyed it. In fact, I think we should actually do an episode just on that movie because a lot of people are seeing how critics are completely trashing this movie. It's... It's a very unconventional horror thriller, yeah. and it has one of the coolest endings I have ever seen in a horror movie. I think, I think the cool thing about this movie is it's kind of multiple different movies in one. It becomes like all these different things with all these twists and turns. You never, know, you never exactly know how it's going to turn out or what the next scene is going to be. Um, and it also it has James Badge Dale, who we both really like James Badge Dale. So we're oh, already, he's great. We're he's already great on board. If you got James Badge Dale as your lead, then yeah, we're on board. Um, but yeah, I just really like it. Just really swings. It swings for the fences, man, and I feel like it really, really hits. And you really, I don't think I don't think anybody would um, guess where it actually what, ends up. What's crazy to me too is that it was advertised as. A, a teen slasher thriller, kind of in the vein of Slenderman. Yeah, but I think maybe I think that's what that's why maybe people also didn't check it out is because it's called The Empty Man. It kind of kind of reminds you of the Slenderman or the Bye Bye Man. So people are thinking it's just like a B movie horror with like well, a monster. And there is no way to know that James Badgedale is the main character from the marketing. You would never know that, but well, and it. It goes into Lovecraftian territory even because there's it seems like there's this otherworldly conspiracy at play. Yeah, so that is a high recommendation for The Empty Man if you're into um, a horror thriller, mystery. And like I said, maybe we'll do a full episode on it because there's a lot to talk about and uh, I really think a lot of people enjoy it. Uh, one that I'm going to highlight here in the junk pile is a movie from 2009 
that I actually saw in a theater by myself, I think when I was in college. It has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, and this movie is Law-Abiding Citizen. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, I saw this movie was on sale on Vudu recently, and it brought back all these warm and fuzzy feelings I had from watching this movie in a theater. I think this movie is so cool. It's about a guy played by Gerard Butler whose wife and daughter are murdered in a home invasion, and Jamie Foxx plays the prosecutor who cuts a deal with um, one of the killers in exchange for a testimony. So Gerard, <laughs> the, the premise is really cool. Gerard Butler is basically like Jigsaw, where he's yeah. this inventor that can rig these really elaborate ways of killing and torturing people. But what was really interesting to me is how Jay, uh, uh, which one, Gerard Butler, um, ends up, uh, Jamie Foxx ends up being his prosecutor, and he just he just plays the legal system, and it gets completely absurd. Very fun movie. Yeah, and uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, Jamie Foxx is such a superstar, and anything he does, even if uh, the movie's not really well received, everybody goes like, oh, Jamie Foxx rocks it. So it's always good to see uh, Jamie Foxx performance. Ooh, if I could add to that Project Power, which maybe, which maybe we'll do, we'll we'll cover one day. But Project Power is a great uh, Jamie Fox vehicle, for sure. All right, that's enough of the junk pile. You want to get into our review of Snack Snyder's Justice League? Did you say Snack? Should Should I say Snack Snyder? Snack Snyder. Because that boy be looking fine. Snack. Actually, no, he does look like a really fit guy. Yeah, dude. That, I mean, <laughs> you see a lot of pictures. That's, a, that's something I've always known. Like, a lot of directors are super out of shape yeah. middle-aged men. They he, look he like they don't really do fit. anything but but sit down and uh, snack. Yeah, but... Zack uh, Snyder is a snack that stays away from the snacks. So I'll read the synopsis from INDB of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and then we can talk of the talk about the history and the fandom surrounding this film. Zack Snyder's definitive director's cut of Justice League determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain. Bruce Wayne aligns forces with Diana Prince with plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic proportions. Catastrophic proportions. So I guess maybe um, should we start with the... How, how How did we get here, Josh? How do we have four years later... How do we? This isn't even a, a director's cut. This is this is a new movie where they took existing footage and pumped tens of millions, maybe even over a hundred million dollars of uh, worth of money in, into visual effects well, to complete Zack Snyder's movie. It w- it kind of took a lot of different a, a lot of different things to come together for this to work. So, <clears throat> well, one the Justice League was was kind of received with mixed reviews and fans weren't extremely happy with it. And so what happened with the Justice mixed League? Mixed reviews. I mean, the movie was pretty bad. Well, I mean, is that is that kind of universally accepted that the movie was pretty bad? I, I think so. Okay. Um, so what happened, uh, Zack Snyder, and a lot of people know that Zack Snyder was uh, in charge of the Justice League, um, he maybe was more than halfway finished with it, right? And then um, he had a tragedy in the family. He had to step away. They brought in Joss Whedon to finish it because, uh, you know, Joss Whedon did uh, the first two Avengers movies. So they trusted him to kind of handle this big superhero team-up movie. And Famed Avengers director and potentially incredibly unpleasant human being, Joss oh, Whedon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what he did, though, is he sort of recut it, and, and uh, he, he filmed his own footage, and he uh, apparently injected more humor into it, because he thought, because, uh, you know, maybe he seemed like it could kind of benefit from um, being a little more lighthearted, and... Uh, well, they had the CGI remove a mustache from Henry oh, Cavill's yeah, they, face. Oh, they brought back Henry Cavill, and... And every, yeah, okay, so the CGI non-mustache, the CGI lip was a big, big deal. Um, yeah, it, what what turned out was just kind of like a, a hodgepodge of, ah, you couldn't really figure it out. Like, all the character introduction was really, really quick. The, it, I mean, was, it was the biggest blunder 
studio blunder that I've seen for a movie of this scale. Well, what was it like? Two and a half hours long? Was no, it, it was it was a lean two hours. Two hours, which was which was a problem because they you could tell there was so much movie they tried to pack in there, and everything just happened so quick. The movie didn't have any time to breathe, which made it just even. It was already sort of confusing, which a story of that of this nature shouldn't be that confusing. But it was just kind of like the the pacing of it and all the well, different elements came it, up. With it wasn't it, it wasn't cohesive. Like that's the yeah. word. I would use for it. There was a lack of cohesion because what 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 Joss Whedon was given, and this goes into kind of the differences between these movies, is that you have established characters in Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman, and we are trying to introduce three major DC superheroes in one movie. That's the... Flash, Cyborg, and that was the introduction of Aquaman, right? Exactly. Before, because Just Like Movie came out before Aquaman. Yeah, and, you know, a good writer could have could have done that because, I mean, people say you, you can't introduce all these characters in one movie. Well, the, the parallel I would draw is Guardians of the Galaxy, which those characters don't have at nearly as much weight in the, uh, the Marvel Universe as these other characters have in the DC universe, but that movie manages to introduce all of these characters and bring them together as a team in one movie. Yeah. Well, and, and we also don't know, so I, I don't think it all can be blamed on Joss Whedon. I mean, we don't know exactly how the inner workings of the studio, but a lot of people were saying it was actually the studio who were who were kind of putting um, way too much pressure to get this down to two minutes to appeal to more audience, think, down to two hours. I think Joss Whedon got a really raw deal here because, and again, probably not a great person, so I'm not, like, trying to jump to his defense or anything, but... Maybe got some good money, too. Well, he, he just... I, I had the feeling that he had a very short amount of time to fix something that, for being honest, it wasn't like it wasn't broken. I think yeah. After watching the Zack Snyder cut, it seemed like it really wasn't bad. It wasn't in need of like complete and total reassembly. If we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League as a whole, so it's four hours. I did not watch this in one sitting. By the way, I, I can't watch it in one sitting because. It's very hard for me to just get four hours. It kind of works to watch it episodically, though. It does. <laughs> I mean, it's even broken into chapters. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, you you could, we'll talk about how you could easily shave. I would say an hour off of this movie, but, you know. I mean, you just like speed up some of that slow mo. You got an hour right there. Slow-mo. Goodness. Um, but I, I think the studio probably saw that he was going for a very long movie that was potentially going to need to be split up into two. I think that was actually his original idea to split the movie into two parts. And they're like, uh, one, we can't release a four-hour movie or even a three-hour movie in theaters, which they could have released a three-hour movie. I think it would have made money. Yeah, even this, this would have made money. Um, and then two, if you released it as two parts... I don't think the first part is a satisfying movie on its own. Yeah, because it's it's very heavy on character introductions and character moments. Yeah, so let's let's actually well, break down break down the movie. Well, now. I also wanted to mention is the the reason I was talking about like all these elements had to come together in order to make this possible. So, um, Warner Brothers came out with HBO Max. And they were, you know, uh, seemingly people were saying they were looking for more content. Um, Zack Snyder, I I guess, had come to the studio and said, hey, I want to see my vision through. And uh, they saw potential of having something, a really big piece of content on their uh, streaming service. And when you're on a streaming service, like there are a whole lot less rules than if you're releasing something in theaters. So they um, so they might have just been like, if you want to release a four-hour cut, we can put it on our streaming service. That's cool. Like, Because on a streaming service, all you have to do is click play, and, you, I mean, that's, that's a viewer. So. It definitely was a right-time, right-place situation because yeah. fans had been petitioning for this for a really long time. Question, can you rent this movie, or do you no. have to watch it on HBO It's Max? only on HBO Max. Mm. So fans have been petitioning for this for years, I guess. Um, and there, there's like a Twitter campaign where 
the actors like Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck, they're all tweeting, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut didn't really exist. I mean, it there was a lot of footage that was shot, but the CGI wasn't finished, so it's not like the movie was just sitting in a drawer ready to go. Um, and this was a case where the fans actually willed something into being, which I, I, I think there is a lot of toxic fandom surrounding... Uh, comic book movies and if if there's one negative about just not talking about the movie as a whole but that it was willed to exist into existence by fans I think that um, we we should not be rewarding fans for um, feeling like they're owed something I do think it's really good that Zack Snyder got his vision out there Um, well it's like when yeah it's like it's kind of never enough well, fans. it's like, exactly, it, it is never enough. It's like fans... Oh, uh, Star Wars, let's not even talk about Star exactly. Wars. If Yikes. You're, if you're not happy with something, then you try to get somebody fired. Like, Ryan Johnson had to quit Twitter because everyone was harassing him because because they messed with Star Wars. Yes, dude, not my Star Wars. Dude, like, it was, it, it's made by committee. A bunch of people... Oh, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. And... I, honestly, I like that Star Wars movie because it was a lot different from all those Star Wars movies, and that's exactly why everybody hated it. Yeah, and also, you, like, you can never, whenever a movie's made, you can't blame one person if you yeah. don't like that movie because it's such a big uh, filmmaking is a teamwork f- kind of medium. Yeah. Like, you know, one person doesn't make a movie, and you know, studio involvement has has to go because there's funding. I mean, it, like, a lot of people have a lot of skin in the game when it comes to that. Yeah. That being said, I think this is a cool little victory for Zack Snyder. But I mean, maybe it'll it'll dovetail into some other movies. But the, man, the thing is, they already they already did another Batman. So yeah. I, but I mean, so, ben, ben Affleck's still going to show up in uh, in the Flashpoint movie, apparently. Um, which the Flashpoint movie would have been a great time to follow along with all this nightmare. Stuff. Well, yeah, it is interesting to see this movie and how the okay. So the movie definitely benefits from the extremely long runtime because we do get to see more of how the characters operate within the team. There's a lot more cyborg. There's a lot more flash. There are a lot more character moments with all those. people. I mean, really, the only people that don't get all, too much more that you get in the original cut are uh, Batman and Wonder Woman. But Wonder Woman, her her uh, her rescue scene at the beginning is a lot more extended. That shows you more of her ab- abilities, and that was that was um, I mean that was nice for her to get more of a spotlight. I think you know, the first movie was just so rushed. I think we should we should actually talk about how we felt about this movie as a whole, and then dig into it. We've talked a lot about the history surrounding it, but. What was just your general impression of the movie after you finished it, after so many many days of trying to watch a four-hour movie? Oh, well, the, okay, so it was really interesting because I uh, it took a while for me to get through the first half because it was so much like Zack Snyder feti- fetishizing Zack Snyder's... Zack own, Snyder music videos? Yeah, it was so, so much Zack Snyder music videos that it was like, it's just hard to get through that. Like, I can't imagine who that's made for. When you're when everything is in slow motion and everything is played to a very sad song, okay. And you're you're saying you don't know who that's for. A lot of people are very positive on this movie right now. It has like a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of the the uh, YouTubers that I, I I like to listen to their reviews. A lot of them are saying that this is a vastly superior movie. Not a, not a high bar to clear, by the way. But saying that this is way better, we get a lot more character development, much more satisfying story. Yeah, people are yeah. really hot on this right and now. And what, what's really interesting about it, though, is I was watching the first the first hour. I would say was it seemed like it was so Zack Snydery and like kind of the three hundred band. It seemed like it was Zack Snyder in the way that people have kind of gotten gotten frustrated with Zack Snyder, where it's just the the slow motion music video type stuff with like people are talking about like in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Oh, like people are talking about in Batman v Superman, like the pearls, like the slow motion of the pearls, uh, you know, and the gun and the 
black like it's just so much intense slow motion when you use slow motion that much that's super slow motion that it's used to as a heightening mechanism to some of your scenes to highlight something and make it more impactful when you use it for everything like so much of that first hour it, it everything kind of loses emphasis because everything is supposed to be kind of emphasized where it just becomes kind of sensory overload and it just like it made me it makes me kind of exhausted eventually he gets out of it so what did you think about the movie josh okay after the first hour i enjoyed it i thought like i thought the the climax was much much better and i think i think it's interesting i think this is another thing to keep in mind is this movie is you can't help but compare this movie to the um the first cut of the justice league and I think a lot of that is because a lot of people were, um, weren't very happy with that one. This one came along and improved on certain things. So I think it's like it is sort of graded on a curve where you're pointing out this was improved, this was improved, this was improved. Well, I, okay, so I do not have very high standards for like popcorn entertainment. I have tried to watch, uh, to rewatch The Justice League 2017 several times and I can't because it, it, <laughs> there's just there's nothing to to grasp onto like I just I I just really don't like that movie mm-hmm. um which isn't to say I don't like the characters because I love superhero movies you know mm-hmm. I just think that was a poorly handled movie so watching this movie um you know <sighs> I, you compare it to the old Justice League, and the, you can also compare it to all of Zack Snyder's other DC movies. And I'm just not a fan of the way Zack Snyder does this type of superhero movie because a lot of people are like, you know, all of the uh, responses uh, or reactions to Batman v Superman, it was like, oh, people just don't like dark and gritty movies. They just want light, colorful humorous superhero movies and like yeah i prefer that to this very oppressive very no one's having a good time in batman v superman so i i just found it to be a very oppressive experience you know um this one is a lot lighter and yes it is vastly superior i'd say like i was i was interested the whole time to see where it was going but Zack Snyder, he just makes everything so extreme. And I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking about the slow motion. I'm talking about there's a scene in a Batman v Superman when Superman is rescuing Lois Lane from, I don't know, like a terrorist group out in, I think it's the Middle East or something, or maybe Africa. But there's a guy holding Lois Lane at gunpoint, right? Superman is so fast. He could just go disarm the guy really quick. Boom, that's it. Take him to the authorities. Dude, he throws himself at this guy and puts him through three freaking brick walls. Yeah. That is Zack Snyder in a nutshell. Well, and I think that's that's one thing that almost made me not finish this movie. It, one thing that almost made me not finish this movie was the Wonder Woman introduction in the movie. It is where so extreme. So, I had a it, huge problem dude, with this scene. Dude, it's like, it's so, like, I just don't know why it has to go the lengths that it does. Because one, I, okay, I think in the uh, Joss Whedon cut, it was, they were just robbers, right? They were just, they were pulling a heist or something. Well, it still had that scene where like, where Wonder Woman gets the guy with the last of the truth and like, who are you? And he basically says like, we're... They're uh, a terrorist organization. Yeah. So they so the the they're planning to bomb to do like a suicide bombing. Yeah. Which there. by the way, like that's stupid. That's like I have this problem with Zack Snyder. It, it's it's not about like it's all about hey we need to set up a scenario in which there are massively high stakes because these children are about to get just destroyed. How so do that we, Wonder how Woman, do we get high stakes? Exactly. They're gonna bomb children. But why why do we have this terrorist group that actually has no plan. They just want to create chaos so that Diana can swoop in and just destroy everybody. And not just that, she thwarts their plans. She she gets rid of the bomb, and then these th- this guy goes like, well, and okay, then I'm going to shoot all of these children dead. Lambs to the slaughter. Lambs to the slaughter. Like, 
now we're to to to. Uh, I would argue there's no place for a scene like this. No, there's no place the way, where a as, guy as points a machine gun at children. As prevalent as mass shootings are in our country and in schools. Yeah. Like, this was... Uh, hey, I hate to use this word, but this was actually kind of triggering for me because, like, what, what the hell is this? Dude, yeah. And 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 this is another thing. That, that scene was so frustrating, too, is because we see... Um, we see Diana's abilities. And this is the thing I feel like Zack Snyder does too. It's like once you don't you, you don't quite get it. Twice, you don't quite get it. Three, four, five times, maybe you get it. Because he does the slow motion thing with the bullet where she's watching the bullet and then she just at the last minute blocks it. And then she watches another bullet in slow motion and then blocks it. And so he shows you those abilities over and over and over again in kind of the same exact way. And also way. these two are like, do you think they, I'm stupid? They just, they don't get it, dude. They don't get that, that the superhero can just block all their bullets. They keep shooting. And that was the thing. Like, and then the the introduction with Aquaman, it was like a big old Aquaman oh, no, wait, gets wait, his... I'm not done with that oh, okay, sequence, okay? okay? Because... That dude is about to fire one more shot at Diana, okay? After she has seen, or after he has seen that she can deflect all of the bullets. So what does she do? She, okay, so we have just thwarted a a bombing, right? We threw it in the sky, it blew up, great. It was actually a really cool shot. So she decides, we've seen that she can go lightning fast. She, again, she could have disarmed this guy. Very similar to that scene I just brought up in Batman v Superman. But instead, she does her little, like, atomic bomb bracelet move where she just, like, levels the floor of this wherever they are, this, like, museum. And, like, you got all this debris falling on the cops. Like, it's so unnecessary. Oh, dude, can we talk about the the music, too? Uh, you mean that music that popped up no less than six times in the climax? Yeah. Oh, it was so unnecessary. Every time she's on screen, it's like a calling card. Oh. That really took me out of the movie. Man, yeah. And then, like, uh, okay, so Aqua, Aquaman, he gets his music video, which for some reason he takes off his shirt, throws it into the water. He finishes off some bourbon. He, fr- he tosses the glass down. So he's like the... Uh, He's, like, littering in the ocean. <laughs> I think that's so weird. Well, yeah, which is weird, too, because in Aquaman, there's actually a, a plot point made yeah, or, about humans littering in the ocean. Yeah. And so, I, I don't... And that's just another way of going, like, oh, he's extreme, he breaks glass, man! Well, uh, but also, all these characters... Okay, oh. So, flash. we... I, I promise... If anyone who is listening to this, if anybody is, we are going to talk about stuff we liked about this movie. But I agree with Josh. I think the first hour of this movie was re- really bad. Okay, so we talked... I I talked about the... Because uh, we were both watching it in pieces. I came to the Flash intro scene, and I was like, dude, you would not believe what they do with the Flash. Oh, my God. And... What I got to that scene, I actually took a video. Of, I didn't even pause them. The sequence is so long. It's insane. It's so long that I thought to get on my phone and start recording my reaction to the scene where Kiersey Clemens is, she crashes her car. The Flash runs so fast, he busts out of his shoes, which I thought was actually pretty cool. That was, see, that was cool. He like, but also whenever he taps into the speed force, the, the dude's just like jogging you know yeah. I, anyway in this scene at least he's just oh, kind of like poor ezra miller that I, I don't think anybody ever taught him how to run man oh they did him dirty man yeah somebody needs to teach him running so he's like also the scene starts this is another one of Zack snyder's like well we need to show what uh what the flash can do um yeah let's do a car crash okay why is there a car crash oh because this truck driver Dropped his burger on the ground. A truck and driver j- dropped his burger and sped through, um, like, a like, four-way stop. Like a bullet, dude. Yeah. He, he's looking at the ground for so long, he doesn't see himself shoot through uh, an intersection at a high speed. It's ridiculous. I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. Again, 
this is the kind of stuff that I really don't like about Zack Snyder's filmmaking. Yeah. It's all a shorthand to get to something really extreme. But then, even, like, we spend so much time with him in slow motion in the Speed Force and him just... Him looking at um, is it that we're, we're to be we're to believe that that's Iris West, right? I, I well, yeah, I wouldn't have known yeah. that unless it was publicized that okay. Kiersey Clemens yeah, as so, Iris West was cut out of the original so this, cut. This uh, woman who he falls in love with after seeing her f- face in slow motion as she's flying through the air, as you do. Um, have you ever just seen somebody and fallen in love with them? Yeah, yeah, um, and then you know, stayed in that moment with them, you know, touch them without their. Because anytime them. I stare at a woman, they think mm. it's creepy. Yeah, I mean, this did come across as a little bit creepy. I think it's supposed to be like romantic, but it was just so oh, and the mute the the music that went along with it just was so it made it so sappy. Like I didn't know if this was actually supposed to be comical. But then, okay, but then there's, like, hot dogs flying around her face. He and he grabs, grabs one of the hot, hot dog, dog and he eats it. And he put, no, he didn't eat it. He puts it in his pocket. He's oh, it's for the it dogs, later. right? Yeah. Um, Which I thought was pretty cute. Like, that some was of the actually pretty funny. Flash, and then he just, he sets her down on the, on the concrete, and I'm like, oh, okay, now it's finished. Nope, not finished yet. We got to stay there a little bit longer. But then, then the car explodes. Because yeah. <laughs> everything's so extreme. But that scene also has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. You're just showing us what this guy can do. And so we, we see this happen with, um, with Flash. We see this happen with Aquaman. We see it happen with, uh, who was who the other one? We just, with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like all of these scenes where you're just showing these people's incredible power, but it has nothing to do with the movie. And it's so unnecessary. But so I thought, oh, I thought how, the, how they did that with uh, Cyborg was actually really nice. I think the football was insane and way overdone. Yeah, it was like, I, dude, I sent you a text. What if you watched a football game that was all instant replay? Yeah, but that was all instant. Dude, it's, it's insane. And then, I, I mean, but showing kind of having his, uh, his father uh, have this kind of monologue about his, his powers on the tape recorder and how he basically can, can change the balance of our, um, our financial ecosystem yeah. by just tapping into all the banks was really interesting. And then we see a struggling mother... Um, he, he just gives her like $100,000 or something. Yeah. So this Pretty is cool. actually integral to this story yeah. because he was birthed for rebirth, I should say, from Motherbox technology. So all of his backstory, it actually makes sense. I mean, we don't have to see him playing football. That was a little unnecessary. But like the car accident how he he was brought back to life, all the stuff about even him helping the um the woman in need, all that stuff was great. Yeah. So for basically for me, that's when the movie started. Yeah, so when basically when Bruce picks up he picks up the Flash and then Wonder Woman meets with Cyborg. And then they decide to team up to and and Stephen Wolf Stephen Wolf is Steppenwolf? Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is better. And kind of has... Because was Darkseid ever mentioned in the original one? No. So, yeah, Steppenwolf... Darkseid was taken out completely. It was just Steppenwolf. Yeah, so we actually see that Steppenwolf is actually um, kind of under... Very much indebted to Darkseid. Like, they, they mentioned that he, he owes Darkseid 150,000 worlds. No, he's like, after this world, I can come back, right? And this dude's like, I, I don't know all their names, but you still owe him 50,000 worlds. Yeah, my God. So, um, so, and you actually, like, see, he's like, he's not really sympathetic, but he... At least he has a motive. Yeah, yeah, you get his motive. Like, he's trying to take over the Earth... To get back in his master's good graces. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little bit better. And, you know, a lot of the scenes where Steppenwolf is talking to someone else, whether it be Darkseid or one of Darkseid's minions, um, it reminded me a lot of the Transformers movies where you have these CGI creations that, like, they're always talking about world domination and it's always very supplementary to... The actual plot. I just wish that these movies. I think. I think DC movies in general are going to have this problem because a lot of their threats, and this is because they have these characters like Superman and Shazam and Wonder Woman who are 
who are gods, basically. What do you do with characters like that to have a threat that's powerful enough to defeat them? Mm-hmm. You have to get alien threats, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really... I'm, Hey, Marvel, Marvel did it with Thanos. I'm just saying. They, but they built up to that. They kind of ease you into the otherworldly stuff. Exactly. But even Thanos, he... So they followed this rule of... Um, that I hear in screenwriting a lot. Make your villain a hero to someone else. Like, have, have your villain have some goal that... To someone else with a different perspective, it would He's make sense right to hero. You think, like, Killmonger and Black Panther is a great example. Well, dude, I think... Okay... Did we talk about the Themyscira scene yet? No. The Themyscira scene's a lot better in this one. Oh, yeah, it's good, dude. Yeah, although I will say that Zack Snyder... A lot Snyder, of slow motion. A lot of slow motion, and Zack Snyder was like, I need some, I need some lady bodybuilders, and they need six-packs! Casting call CrossFit chicks. I need, I need a, a bunch of women who look like they could be in 300! And uh, for some reason, a lot of the, the horses were CGI, too. I thought that was kind of weird. Oh, yeah? Well, so that that was better, but I also thought what was interesting is um so Wonder Woman has this this voiceover where she's explaining that how all this how something went down in, on Earth before where um what Steppenwolf what Steppenwolf came down or Darkseid came down? Darkseid. Darkseid came down. So you're down. confused because in the first movie they literally replaced Darkseid yeah. with Steppenwolf in that flashback sequence. So so Darkseid came down to take uh the the mother boxes but all the guardians teamed up so it was it he was, was he, Earth. The mother boxes were sinking. They had the gonna, unity. He was going to like terraform the entire earth. Right, right. So you had you had um the Earth Warrior, the Earth Guardians, the Water Guardians, and the Gods. Was that? And those were the three. Uh, and the Green Lantern Corps. And the Green Lantern. So you had all these people come together to um, thwart his efforts. And he basically not never got over the fact that he lost on Earth. And so this is a really, really big deal. And then later, Superman actually makes sense in this movie. Because, yeah. because they say, oh, well, they only, the mother boxes only started calling to uh, Darkseid when Superman died. Because they because, knew the Earth was vulnerable. Because they knew the Earth was vulnerable because they didn't have Superman anymore. It's like, things actually make sense now. Well, dude, the very first shot of this movie is awesome. I thought it was a really cool sequence. Yeah. You see the very end of Batman v Superman. You see this like death cry from Superman yeah. and you see it waking up the mother boxes. Yeah. It makes way more sense in this version. It, it makes way, way more sense than iPhone footage of Superman talking to oh, some that children. Was a, oh, that was a terrible way to start the movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's like Superman's gone. Now we don't have a villain who just randomly decided like, hey, I'm going to go come get these mother boxes. But then it also, it also, you also realize that they like, at least whatever you, whatever you want to say about like Batman versus Superman, Zack Snyder actually had a plan yeah. when he killed off Superman. Because if you watch if you watch like the Justice League how it came out in theaters you're like okay they're just kind of retconning this death of Superman and it made no sense for them to kill off Superman in the first place but it actually makes sense in this cut yeah and I know I'm, I'm like I'm poking fun at a lot of his filmmaking techniques and whatnot but I mean I do have to get the, give the guy credit he obviously knew where he wanted to take this franchise and uh, his his just his style isn't for me clearly. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of stuff in the movie I actually did like, like basically from hour two to hour four, most of it I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. If you, okay. If, if you get an editor to come in and cut that first hour down by half, great. It's like, I would say great movie. Well, I, I hate it too, because all of these sequences are technically amazing. Like the flash rescue sequence, the Diana rescue sequence, Mm -hmm. Um, even the stuff with Aquaman, they don't need to be in this movie. You could have just released... That's a great idea. Release them as shorts. People would have gone crazy over them. I think, no? I, I think they serve a place in the movie if they were just done different. I think having, having, the, having these heroes have some, some uh, introductions like that are interesting if they're just done at, at more efficiently for the runtime. I just think they, because 
Oh, I hate to compare DC and Marvel because obviously they're going for two very different things, but Marvel does a great job at doing these cold opens that have something to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Even in Captain America Civil War, you start in media res, isn't that what they say? Yeah. Like right in the middle of a sequence where Cap's crew, they're tracking down Frank Grillo, who's awesome and I wish he was still in the franchise. Um, but it doesn't matter what they're trying to find, right? What matters is there's some aftermath that trickles through the entire movie, you know? None of that in, in these first sequences, which is why I keep saying that they should have cut them. Um, we're, we're spoiling everything, right? Uh, yeah, sure. First off, one big difference is that Lois Lane is handled completely differently. They, they did uh, reshoots. That where, was one thing that did it. They didn't, need, they didn't need the aftermath with Lois Lane. They didn't need as much as they had. Yeah, I mean... So Lois Lane in the last movie, or the last movie, the first cut of this movie, she was still working at the Daily Planet, and you get Daily Planet, is that, that's not the Spider-Man one, right? That's the Daily Bugle, right? Okay, okay, yeah, jeez, I'm getting my universes mixed up. She's, she was still working at the Daily Planet, and there's a scene early on where she's talking to Martha Kent, but... In this movie, they still have a scene where she and Martha Kent get together and chat, but it's very different because Martha's talking about her basically like, I forget, re-entering society or something like that because mm-hmm. she's very closed off now. Well, the love of her life died. But then, dude, this was a, re- <laughs> was a really weird sequence, okay? Um, I wish this was a surprise because uh, Zack Snyder just kind of spoiled everything about this movie before it came out. So Martha Kent steps away from uh, um, Amy Adams' apartment and then just transforms into Martian Manhunter in the middle of this apartment complex. I was waiting for someone just to walk upstairs and go like, What? What is this? Oh, alien. It's just weird, right? Yeah. Like, why would you do that in that setting? And he, like, poses. Yeah. And then he changes into, I forget what the character's name was, but you remember him from uh, um, yeah. Man of Steel, which I got some questions. That raises way more uh, way more questions than it does. Yeah, answer. and he doesn't really have any impact on the movie at all. It's kind no. of just... Uh, Why doesn't he show up at the end? It might just... It, it, it seems like a, a Zack Snyder kind of used this as a... Um, it, he kind of used like this... It's like sequel bit? Yeah, to go like, this is what would have happened... But he's not, I don't think he's even that much of a beloved character that people would, I think a lot of people would have been confused. Well, there's also, he introduced Green Lantern and Martian Manhunter in this, right? Well, there there was a lantern in the the flashback sequence, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he that's like, that was a new addition too, right? Yeah. yeah. No, actually, actually the first cut did have a Green Lantern in that sequence. Did it? It did. Oh, okay. It was very brief. Okay. Because um, I remember that was one of the things I, I liked about it. I was like, oh, look, a Green Lantern. He's gone. And it's gone. And where's the ring going? Oh, it's gone. But yeah, um, another thing I liked, it, the climax was a lot better because it, you, everybody, well, okay, so bringing Superman back to life was it actually made a lot more sense in this movie. It did. And it did. the way that they the way that they did it and how they relied on Flash and Cyborg made a lot more sense. And there there's a lot of conversations between yeah. the whole team in that big like uh that two hour to really just like the, the two hour to three hour mark where I actually thought it was pretty great. Oh. Jason Jason Momoa was really cool. Oh, Everyone was having he, good interactions. Yeah, I mean, he had to. Well, but, but the thing is, like, there is some humor and levity to it because you. Yeah, I mean, you it's, introduce it's not, characters it's not all that, super dark. Batman v Superman, everybody's miserable. Justice because they want to kill each other. You introduce you introduce Aquaman, who is more of a bro, and he's just kind of he's not. It's not like he's comical but he's fun mm-hmm. and then you have the flash who is deer in headlights 
And that just immediately brightens up your movie just a little bit, even if you're not telling jokes. Yeah. It's just those characters and the interactions that you have. You just don't have a, a team full of miserable people. There that was helps. a lot of forced humor in the Joss Whedon version. A lot of forced... There's, yeah, a, but there's even, a part when uh, uh, Flash falls on Wonder Woman's boobs. Yeah, that seemed like a Joss Whedon It's thing. like, whoa, that's hilarious. You but did then, it in Avengers Age of Ultron, too. Yeah, but there was stuff like... Uh, um, oh, when Batman meets Flash for the first time and... Flash says, I need friends. And then he says, um, what about brunch? What is brunch about? That, that was in the yeah, original I, cut. I can't imagine Zach, that had to uh, be. Joss Whedon wrote that in. So, okay, so the resurrection sequence, we all admit, uh, way, way better. It makes way more sense. There's a very clear motive to yeah, it. Yeah, time is actually, they're messing with uh, time and space. And I don't think that was included in the first one, right? It was kind of just an oh, electric no, charge from all. the Flash. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so this is still a problem for me. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on it too, cause you may have a different take. Superman comes back from the dead and just, just decides he's going to start killing folks. Well, it, it definitely, it's like, uh, sensory, sensory, overload. sensory overload. Yeah, he doesn't dude, have all his bearings. He fought with Diana before he died. He knows who she is. And then he, he stomps on Batman too. He knows who he is. He fought with him. I think, I think what we're led to believe is that he sees them as threats. It's like a pet cemetery situation where you don't come back the same. <laughs> well, he's looking like, I think he's looking at all of them and he can see, like he's, he's scanning all of them, right? And he can see that they're all super powered beings in some way. Yeah. So he sees that maybe there are people that he has to protect himself against. Yeah, but the way he's throwing around um, Wonder Woman, like, I, I don't think he knows that she's... Dude, Wonder Woman's indestructible. Let's just... Uh, yeah. th- th- it's another thing about these characters. They're just... I, I noticed this about, like, why why do I like Marvel movies way better than something like this? And even, like, uh, I say Marvel movies, but I didn't really like Captain Marvel, Right. Oh, because she's super. She's she's so powerful that basically nothing can stop her. He yeah. Here's here's the thing that makes Marvel movies stand out from other superhero movies is that these characters get fatigued. Like you remember in a lot of the Avengers movies when they're all fighting as a team, like Cap's breathing hard. Uh, even Thor starts to get fatigued a little bit. You can you can tell that damage is starting to take a toll on people, right? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's also. Also, I think it was very uh, intentional how they have, you know, just regular humans that are really good at what they do yeah. mixed in. And with this, they only really have, like, Bruce Wayne is the is the main here. And I thought it was good to keep him. But the thing is, whenever they really get into it with anybody, like, Bruce isn't, he can't, like, Batman can't be in the thick of it because he'll die exactly. immediately. I did notice that. And that's a, that's a bummer, dude, because... It, because, like, it, it really is a problem. You have Batman, who's this... They do make him the super strategist, by the way, yeah, which I yeah. do like. He's the chief. He's basically taken out of the action because he's not he's not a god like all these other people. Yeah. But I do think it is an issue where you have Diana Prince, who she can just get slammed into the ground, and she just gets right back up and and keeps fighting. She and it's like she's brushing dust off of her shoulders. You know? But I do think in in this cut you get more of a sense of self awareness with Batman. Like in the climax, he says he's gonna he's gonna mow his jet straight through the the force field and break it, and then he's gonna and uh, he he he's gonna distract everybody and lead them to a different area. So he's kind of becoming self sacrificial at that moment because. Because he knows, like, he's not the one who can actually... Yeah, he, he knows the other people the are the guy. one that can stop him. All you guys have powers, and I got bow and arrow. Yeah, right, exactly. So um, so I like that he has that sense of awareness. But I do like there's one little um, character moment between him and Aquaman where he just goes like, Man, you really are crazy! Cause so I like that Batman kind of has this mode within the team where he's like the crazy human, yeah. <laughs> I, and I really I really like that. And that's one thing I really like more about the climax is that everybody kind of has their own thing to do. Especially like Flash makes way more sense in this climax. 
he's not just somebody going around saving like a for a family that for some reason lives there. Yeah, well, dude, the last so all of the events leading up to it. That's why I think the the Superman resurrection way better, and all of the events leading up to the climax. They just they fit together so much better, and I have little nitpicks here and there, but the conclude the the climax as a whole, I did think it was pretty satisfying, and it might be that we're just starved for blockbuster entertainment right now. Yeah. Like there's nothing new coming out, and we need something like this as a palate cleanser. But yeah, so I I, I do have some nitpicks here and there, but I will say the 2017 version did not have uh, a satisfactory climax. Yeah. It was just a bunch of people. It was just big blow-em-ups. Yeah, and it, it didn't last very long. It just wasn't very good. Superman shows up, and he just punches the Steppenwolf a lot, which happens again this time, but well, and it's, also, it's, like, a, it's, mu- it's a much better introduction. In the, in the trailer of the Justice League, orig- the, originally, they, there was a moment where Alfred says, he said you'd come. And we all knew that was supposed to be Superman. I don't think that made it into the Joss Whedon cut, right? No, no, it didn't. Yeah, they really so tried to speed through a lot of it. It actually made sense that he came to Alfred to talk to him a little bit. Yeah. And Alfred even seems like he's a little freaked out by Superman. Like, he's uh, like, oh, God, what's this guy going to do? Hey, they might be dead by now, dude. You better get out there. Yeah, and whereas in Joss Whedon's cut where Superman spent some time back home with Lois Lane, it seemed like it was kind of a drag on the narrative a little bit. Oh yeah, it slowed everything it, down. It actually it it was good in this version and that's where it comes in like the runtime actually really helped. The lengthier runtime. And um when when he actually comes in to help out the team, he he comes at just the right moment. It makes sense that he comes directly at that moment because it's after, you know, he's made all his decisions and everything. So it it's not as uh, random as it was in the first one. Yeah. Um, I like that they actually, you, you saw them strategizing. That's yeah. one thing you didn't see in, or at least it was shorthand in the Joss Whedon version. Yeah. But they actually have a plan. Uh, I do I do still take issue with, the the setting of it because you basically render you don't render Aquaman useless because he's still super strong he jumps really high but I just don't understand why you wouldn't construct a scenario in which all Aquaman of them can use water yeah which yeah. all of them can play to their strengths yeah. I think Joss Whedon was trying to make Aquaman so cool like look guys he's not just a water guy he's not just the guy that talks to fish he can he's he's super powerful and he can freaking fly through the air and trident bugs and body surf down a down a building mm-hmm. which it, uh, yeah that's absurd but also really fun there's a lot of really fun moments in that climax yeah and you know aquaman and the flash they get a few moments together which which is really nice um i i mean overall i think i liked every single character better in this version um uh, except oh, dude, for maybe, Cyborg was such a nothing character in the, yeah, the last yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, Cyborg and, and Flash, like, you know, he was just, he seemed like the obvious comic relief that you threw in there to tell, like, corny jokes. Yeah. But he actually served a big purpose in this one. Well, here's um, where the running time helps. After Superman's resurrected, they, they make it very clear, like, hey, once we use this mother box, it's going to send a beacon to Steppenwolf and he's going to come get it. And in the last movie, I don't know if you remember, but they have that fight with Superman, and then you see, like, a boom tube or whatever just on the other side of the street, and Batman's like, well, guess he has the mother box now. And yeah. that's the end of the scene. Do you remember that? Ah, man, I don't know. I have it to go back bad. and watch he just, it. He just sees that little, that little portal in the sky, and then uh, whoop, the mother box goes away. I do like, I like the coloring in this, too. I actually think the aesthetic, it, it helps that they kept, that Zack Snyder got to color it how he wanted to color it. Because if you remember the original climax, um, it was they made it all red. Yeah, that was weird. It was it was pretty pretty dumb. Yeah, I um, think because this took place at night, and I think they wanted to make it look like it took place during the day. No, I think they wanted to make it look like it took place in like a like where they were surrounded by like a red bubble or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really understand it. Maybe it was they really just thought weird. it looked too dark. And they also, I remember in the 2017 version, they added like, like 
tree trunks growing out of the ground or like the 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 earth was terraforming. It was it was really odd. Superman's black suit was really dope. Um also, they they got rid of a scene that from the Joss Whedon cut, which was really early on, with Batman trying to draw out a parademon by using uh, a robber's fear. And that's what when whenever I try to watch the movie, the rewatch the movie, that's the scene that takes me out of it again. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it just it's ugh. a bad scene because dude. like this because he he kills it and then it like it disappears, but then it leaves behind this this. Uh, symbol for the mother boxes or something do you remember that it was it was so weird it was bad um and it turns out diana is the one that knows all the all about the mother boxes she's the one that's warned by her people about steppenwolf so all that stuff is really good yeah and diana and diana continues he just like constantly gets egged on by uh steppenwolf talking trash about about uh how she um she's not worthy of being amazon and stuff like this and it's just like a lot better character moments, and I guess it's oh, just... and Barry Allen gets to save the day by reversing freaking time. Yeah, that's really cool. Why wouldn't you want to have that in there? Why wouldn't you want to have that? That's awesome. It, it is really baffling some of the stuff they decided to cut out. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just move forward with some of the stuff? Yeah, I don't know. It's so. I guess we don't know the. Whole because, total story, but because I, with yeah. Steppenwolf, it's just in the 2017 version, it's just a big old punch fest where yeah. Wonder Woman's punching him and Aquaman's punching him and, and Superman's then, and, punching and him. And I believe that the way they actually take him down is they make him scared and then all the parademons eat him <clears> because they smell that. It's, yeah. it's fear, yeah. Way more satisfying in this one. So Wonder Woman cuts off his head and then. Right when the portal to yeah. Dark Side opens, slice. Yeah, and and then um, yeah, and the, and then like his body and severed head just falls at Dark Side's feet, and then Dark Side says, "Okay, we'll do it the old-fashioned way or whatever," which I guess basically means like all-out siege on Earth, which yeah, it's which is cool. For some really good stuff. Yeah, and then I guess that brings us to uh, the epilogue. So the epilogue, uh, Batman has a really, really strange talk with Martian Manhunter, who's just like, oh, hey, an alien. Oh, dude. An alien uh, flying around my place. What's up? Okay, that see, that's the very end of the movie. Yeah. There's, there's, he just took down a freaking alien, and this random alien shows up, and he's just like, oh, sorry, I haven't got my coffee yet. We, we have to rewatch basically the same post credit scene where Lex Luthor is out of prison. How do you replace... Someone in a prison cell. I really want to know Dude, he's the logistics a of that. He's a so nobody saw them just like replace a, a ball, dude. And um, then and then they and then they uh, he made his es- escape on a yacht. Yeah, so he <laughs> he's on a yacht, and Deathstroke is like, I have a score song with Batman, um, which like uh, <laughs> he doesn't say the we need a league of our own. No, no, he doesn't yeah. say that line. Yeah. Um, it's it's setting up a Batman movie that's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, but then what, what's interesting is with the when they do the um, you know the dream sequence, I guess is like not really a spoiler, but where it's like it's a future world where um, I guess Darkseid has destroyed Earth basically, mm-hmm. and so Batman is hanging out with is it Mara Mira from Mira, from Aquaman yeah. Mira yeah. Um, hanging out with, and that was, uh, Slade Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was, oh, Flash is there and Cyborg's there. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was weird that, uh, Deadshot was out to get Batman and then. Nope. And then he ends up having to team up Try with Batman. Deathstroke, bud. Oh, Deathstroke, About Deathstroke. to piss some people off. Yeah. Deadshot is. That he's also in DC. Isn't Will he? Smith, of course. Oh, that's right. Okay, Deathstroke. So Deathstroke goes after Batman and then ends up having to team up with Batman. I guess. I have questions in about this, that. In this future, that very clearly isn't going to happen. But you know, I think, man, but that kind of sucks because I kind of want to know how that happens. Like, clearly, he's going to be a huge villain and then he has to team up with Batman. It brings up a lot of questions and I'd like to I, know about Honestly, I thought this was the most interesting part of the movie. 
Yeah, I thought pretty this was like a captivating five minutes. Flash um, has like an Iron Man suit. That's pretty dope. It's it's really cool. And yeah. it, I mean, the same suit from that ridiculous um, Lois Lane. She's the key. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we and we'll never know what Lois Lane is the key means. Well, I well, I think this actually did put uh, put a cap on that because Joker is there, uh, famed crazy person Jared Leto. Reprises his role as as a uh, famed crazy person. Joker. Yeah, <laughs> he reprises his role as famed crazy person. Um, but he's talking to Batman about uh, you couldn't save Lois, and basically insinuating that Superman turned uh, into Darkseid's minion when Lois Lane died. Mm. So, so, so it was probably keep Lois Lane alive to yeah. keep Superman good. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like if Lois Lane dies, Superman turns bad. Mm. But so we that don't know. That question. We, see, but I guess we don't know if this is a premonition or just a bad dream. Well, that's the thing. Bruce Wayne wakes up. Is he a is he a prophet? He's just a regular human being. Why is he having why is he having these visions? Yeah. That yeah. would have actually been an interesting storyline to move forward with. And so we gotta think that Jared Leto came back to reprise his role as joke as Joker for an epilogue that had no bearing on the story, yeah. which is interesting. I, I mean, I think it's fun that he was just like, and I mean, it's like, sure, why not? Uh, uh, what's his name? Maybe he's Mag- hoping Mag- he can Mag- play Mag- Joker again. J- Joe Mangianello. Yeah, how do you say his name? I think that's it, Mangianello. Joey Mang. Yeah, he came back just uh, just to be in like this four hour like post credits. Dude, split, I think a, I think a lot of a lot of people are just like, you want me to be a superhero for a day? Okay. Or you want me to be a supervillain? I think he, okay. he was actually really excited to. Well, that dude's a nerd. A that dude's movie. a nerd, right? He yeah. holds like he holds like Hollywood D and D parties. So people seem to really, really like Zack Snyder. Yeah. They're like, oh, you want me to come, ba- dude? Uh, what you call it? Um, ben Affleck, like, famously did not like play or, or did not like the publicity from playing Batman, yeah. and. He kind he kind of swore off the franchise, but he came back for this, and I thought it was really cool to see him and Joker going back and forth, and just the implications of they're they're working together. To I don't know to I I don't even know what they're trying to do. It would have been so cool to see this movie, honestly. Well, I mean, everybody was getting paid. That that's definitely a thing. I mean, they like, Warner Brothers put money into making this cut a reality. Well, fun fact, um, some of the people could not be there. I think uh, Ezra Miller couldn't be there, so he's completely CGI. Um, and Henry, What do you think was CGI? What? What do you think of his was CGI? Well, he's in a, a CGI suit. Oh, you're talking about that epilogue scene? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And then Henry Cavill couldn't be there, so, I mean, he looked a little CGI. You know, I think Ben Affleck and Jared Leto could have been... Uh, they could have filmed that separately too. I don't think they actually show up in a shot together. I think it looks really cool too. I I know it was shot in a, like on a on a green screen stage, but yeah. I really liked the way it was shot. Like I want to see this movie. I want to see a Mad Max version. That would have yeah, that would be really cool. Of like a, a post apocalyptic Justice League movie. Yeah, even you if have it's like, like all these villains and side characters working together. It's well, cool. You know, and DC is kind of taking this approach now where things aren't really connected. Like they did they did the Joker movie. Yeah, just Shazam, do this movie. Shazam is like very lighthearted and and chill. Um well, <laughs> it does it does get pretty dark, but it was like it was kind of in its own zone. I think I think it would be cool just to have, like, you know how they were, like, uh, George Miller was going to do Justice League Dark, something like that. I think it would be cool just to have, like, a crazy post-apocalyptic movie that we see... We see of this vision in uh, the epilogue. I think Dude, be it would cool. be incredible. I actually think, as much as I don't like Zack Schneider's shtick, I think Zack Schneider his talents would actually lend well to that type of movie. Yeah, especially the way this was shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think just like maybe just like slightly maybe just a little bit less slow motion. Maybe a little less slow mo. Somebody there is somebody this, take the There actually away. is a really cool slow mo shot at the climax that made me super giddy. It's when uh Batman is about to ram through a building and then you real quick see the slow mo shot of all the superheroes together and um, all of them but him, they're leaping up to to jump over this building and he is about to just ram through it. Do you remember that shot? 
It's really cool. But yeah, so then there's a, a, a final post-credit sequence. And I call these all post-credit sequences because, I mean, they don't actually have anything to do with the movie, really. But Martian Manhunter's like, hey, uh, I want to join your team. Is that cool? And like, like, oh, sure, let me go drink my coffee. Well, you know, the world almost ended. And, you know, you're this guy that has all this military intel and has been keeping close tabs on Superman. Uh, where have you been? Yeah. That's a, I, I, I've had so many questions about that. Why are you just now deciding like, yeah, I, I want to I make a difference here? It's really weird. Yeah, also when he turns around and goes like, oh, some, some call me Martian Manhunter. I, I think no. like if, you, if you just met this, met this person and he comes to you and he says he's going to help you and he says he's Martian Manhunter, you might go like, oh, no, are you a bad guy? It's like, what? who calls you Martian Manhunter? Just like don't reveal that that's what you're called. Just say like some call me Bob <laughs> and then just, and fly away. I think his, his name in the comics is John Jones. John Jones? Yeah. But it's like it's like J apostrophe it's like, Owen. That's like the name that an alien would take if they came down to Earth. They're like, exactly. Um, my human name oh, is John Jones. John I've lived on Jones. human Earth for several decades. Oh, what? What do you did? What national? I'm an American. Uh, my middle name. Okay, so I am John Andrew Jones of the Jones family of Earth. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, um, closing thoughts for me. Vast improvement over the 2017 movie, which was pretty pretty bad. So it's not a high bar to clear. Um, would I watch this again? Actually, yeah, I probably would watch this again. I would, I would start it one hour in and just watch the last three hours of the movie. Yeah, I would too. There's a lot I would want to fast forward with, uh, you know, the overindulgence of epic slow motion in the the first uh, hour or so but i would definitely watch it again um absolutely from the first hour on i would yeah and again can't say this enough baffling the kind of stuff that they decided to keep out of the movie uh, why why would you cut why would you cut out uh, the flash um uh, manipulating time that's so freaking cool it's it's uh, visually it's really cool it's probably one of the coolest things about this movie yeah he does it twice yeah i mean anyways if you're looking for something to watch on streaming um maybe you have hbo max you want to give this a go and it's fun to watch it in pieces too so uh yeah i mean watch it in four viewings like it's you know it's four hours long. You could watch. You could watch it like it's four episodes. That's right. All right. That's all I got. All right. Then, um, yeah. I guess we will enter the movie verse of madness again soon. Let's do it. You are now exiting the movie verse of madness. We'll see you soon.